I got two cold opens uh, for you, Hunter. Do you want to talk about um, speedrunning and speedrunning culture and your yeah. takes on speedrunning? Or would you rather talk about how horny video games make you? Oh, um, <laughs> definitely for our show. Uh, let's see. Wait, hold up. Okay, so I, I kind of have a door to my left and a door to my right <laughs> kind of situation here. On the left, we have speedrunning, yeah. which is directly connected to video games. And also something, Matt, you know a lot about. Yeah. On the right, we have horniness. Mm-hmm. Not maybe tangentially connected. <laughs> Sometimes it's very connected to video games and something you know nothing about, yeah, Matt. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so As we I expressed la recently, I'm a Donatello who is also <laughs> not not aware of sexuality. The eunuch of the group, you know. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's uh, let's be let's be horny for no particular reason. <laughs> I think that. The best we could do on this show is for this episode, for this week, we're talking about Neon White, is for us to just be like, Ooh, horny. I like boobs, butts, belts, buckles, and big, big shoes and butts. Boobies <laughs> for this one. What about this week? Oh, I hope you're playing it at your desk at work, and I hope you turn <laughs> it up. Oh, it's booby time on Old Gamer's Almanac. Let's go. That was a cursed energy to start the show with. Hi, welcome to Old Gamers Almanac. My name is Matt Martins, and I'm joined with my illustrious co-host, Hunter Donaldson. Yeah, hey, what's up? Um, well, I wanted to simulate with that cold open yeah. the feelings of embarrassment yeah. you might feel if you were, let's say, playing neon white <laughs> and then someone walked in on you and you weren't doing one of the gameplay parts. <laughs> That's what I wanted to simulate yeah. with the show. Right. We made you cringe in the same way that this game makes everybody cringe yeah which i think it's i think that's cool like sure. i would love to make a product that makes everyone that experiences <laughs> it cringe a little bit um i know i've made some some people have cringed to this show right. publicly uh but i don't know if i've made everyone cringe at the same time that's yeah. a power there's Absolutely. a power in that uh this is the show where we rank every video game every week at a time and this week we've got 2022's neon white which is a First person, you can say shooter, it's from a first person perspective, and sometimes you use guns for shooting, but mostly it's a game about speed running, and I think very much taking from the tradition of homebrewed speed running stuff games. Th uh, th the first thing that came to mind for me with this game is old Counter-Strike Source like yep. skiing race levels like go as fast as you can hit yeah. little weird ramps and go go fast go fast gotta go fast yeah i don't remember what those game types were called yep. but yes those custom counter-strike source uh maps where you would just kind of like surf you were yes. just kind of like knife surfing you would right. just have a knife and you're surfing <laughs> around it's very 80s you know uh I would say Neon White, Matt, I, I feel like people have had a lot of fun describing the genre of this game over this year. Um, I don't know what everybody's talking about. 
it's a first person platformer. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. it. That, right. We after it's that easy. we got it. Yeah, there's guns in there, but they're not. I don't know. There's so many levels where you never have to shoot anything, but that, you gotta jump. Yeah, every dang level. The guns are just different forms of jumps in this yeah. game. In this game, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says it's you pick up cards. The it's it's irrelevant if it's ca cards. Like it's you're not using cards. It's not a token. It doesn't matter. The basic idea of this game is every level in the game is gonna be like a minute long at the most uh some of them are like 20 seconds long of a level now that doesn't yeah. mean your first go through you're gonna beat that level in 20 seconds but the point is to go fast kill all of the enemies for the most part until the end of the game but uh in levels kill all of the enemies and then go find the end goal find the yes. end point and as you pick up cards which are just guns on the map those guns can be fired in different ways to help you kill some of the enemies, but mostly they are dashes, they are a set like a, a a double jump, they are weird grappling hooks, things like that. Other ways to navigate the level, and most of the time you can just grapple into an enemy and kill it rather than shooting it, or bounce off of an enemy and kill it that way. So most enemies you're actually just running into in some way and then continuing on throughout the level. But you you navigate these levels as fast as you possibly can, and then the game throws up a high score screen at you, and it tells you how all of your friends are doing, how good yeah. all, so you immediately are holding a competition with everyone on your Steam friend list or ooh, wherever ooh, you're playing ooh. this game. Yeah, so, so Matt, how much was that element ruining the game for you? Because <laughs> as I was playing it, here's the thing, as I was playing Neon, because I played through Neon White before Matt had even sure. started, Yeah. Um, and as I was playing it, I was feeling as the game because the game the game really gets you yeah. wanting to play it well. It's it's yeah. remarkable. This is the thing that everyone has said this year when they reviewed this game because I read all the reviews and everybody said this thing where they're like, "This game made me want to play it well." And dang it, we're just gonna say that too. But yeah. it did. It does. Yeah. I don't know how it does that, but it just kind of like it just kind of tricks you into being like, "I want to be really good at this." Yeah. Um, and I think it's because Mirror's Edge, like the Mirror's Edge kind of left something hanging in the air. Right. And I feel like this game kind of snatched it Absolutely. like right out of the air and was like, how about we do that again? But yeah. it's really good. Right. You know, well, I would say more so than even that, because this game obviously pulls from some Mirror's Edge stuff, although it's not very parkoury. It is like, I mean, it's a platformer and, and Mirror's Edge is a first person platformer. That I they, would say it is kind of parkoury. It just doesn't use it's parkour as a defamiliarized, yes. like, yeah. like abstracted parkour. Like you're sure. basically doing parkour, but you never do any actual parkour moves. Yeah, yeah, Mirror's yeah. Edge was like, we need to have a parkour person that does parkour moves. And Neon White is like, parkour could be jumping on a balloon demon. Yeah, yeah. And then launching yourself <laughs> up forward. That's also parkour. And I think they're right. It yeah, absolutely yeah. is. But more than that, Neon White borrows from the tradition of, like, homebrewed speed run stuff. Which, honestly, like, so does Celeste on our list. If you've listened to our Celeste episode, here's the notion of what has developed over time in speed running is... Oh, we like we like playing levels fast, but we also don't like wasting a bunch of time with waiting in between, like practicing a run of things. So, like in the the best example I have that a lot of people uh, similarly watch is like Mario ROM hack, you know, Kaizo Mario stuff. And yeah. and the thing that you've seen over time with Kaizo Mario is the the time to I failed 
to when I can restart at my last checkpoint is as short as like technologically possible. <laughs> I want to yeah. hit one button and immediately reset and have nothing going on. Like the alternative to this is if you're playing a From Software game, which Hunter and I are sort of doing right now, we're prepping for Elden Ring. Elden Ring, you you fail, you die. A very slow thing comes up, says you died. The whole kind of level has to reload. This isn't a complaint, but like that's that's just like the game resetting. It's a huge game. It has yeah. to do all these things. Neon White is like, we have to cut all of the fat off so that all of this stuff reloads as fast as possible because the second you fail, you want to get right back into it because you've got a you sure. got a flow going. You need to be able to hit these buttons as fast as possible. And I think speedrunning has learned that it's like it's okay to just like completely reset like instantly at the press of a button. I want to say something about Elden Ring though because you've brought it into the conversation. <laughs> sure. Even if Elden Ring could reload the whole world yeah. that quickly, no. I still think they would make you watch that slow you die <laughs> yeah. text appear. Because yeah. there is, that's about punishment. Yeah, Neon yeah. White doesn't want to punish you right. for failure. It wants to reward you for shaving off a half a second yeah, off absolutely. your time. Yeah. That's and it's trying to get you to do that. Yeah. Um but, you know, the, th the thing about, we talk about difficulty a lot on this show, mm. and I feel like this is actually, it's these games are not related genre-wise, but it is kind of interesting to kind of set them, because I like both of them quite a bit, Elden yeah, Ring right. and Neon White. Um, and I think it's interesting because the fact that Elden Ring punishes you yeah. means that I can then be victorious in the end and really feel like I overcame something. Whereas Neon White is like a different type of joy that never really amounts to that type of Elden Ring thing. Like for yeah. me, Neon White became very mechanical eventually. Um, my first run through uh, was a fake run through where I was just trying to figure out what the level is. Yeah. But how, how do I finish the level? And I just I just go through it. And I'm, I'm just looking around. You're going to get a bronze uh, medal on that run, basically. I'm, or, like, ah, or I don't even finish it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, a lot of times I don't even kill all the enemies because I'm trying to experiment in different ways to kill them. Or maybe after like, maybe I do that like a, a couple times, depending sure. on how big the level is. Then we do a run and we get gold. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Got yeah. gold. And then I'm like, and now <clears throat> I crack my knuckles. The real game begins, <laughs> exactly. and I just continue. I just play it over and over until I can get platinum. Yeah. And then, and then that is just about. It's like there's the discovery phase, there's the execution phase, and yeah. then there's the perfection phase. And and doing all three of those yeah. on like, I didn't even. I didn't start doing that until maybe like two. Like you, you have like worlds in this game. They they hand you like ten levels at a time, right? Um, and then in between their story stuff, which I think we'll get to eventually. Wait, although wait. suspiciously, we have not talked of it at all. <laughs> um, I like world three is when I decided to really kind of grind down on this game and yeah. just like I felt like I had to ace every level yeah. in order to move on to right. the next one. And I feel like. There, that's where the game's difficulty came from for me was Absolutely. like getting the ace the ace medal um and it it felt good but you know a game that doesn't punish you can only feel so good hmm. i find interesting like, like a game that punishes me means that there's there there's more drama in that there's more yeah. stakes in that yeah so i just want to say it's been like a trend i feel like for the last 10 years in gaming especially in platformers you kind of take out the punishment yeah. and reward perfection. But I still like, if you think about something like, um, 
oh, like Spelunky or something like that. There's There are games that kind of maintain that mm-hmm. punishing aspect yeah. that I still think there's like quite a value to. It's just a different thing. There's a drama to it that a game like Neon White doesn't have at all. I agree, but I, I mean, I'm on, I'm clearly on the side of the fence that's like, I don't need any of that punishing crap because... You don't want to be punished. Well, also for the most part, so often punishment is primarily a time sink, right? Like that, the main form well, of most... That's how they punish you. Yeah. That's how they punish you is, is, sac- yeah. is making you lose time. And it's just like, I don't have the time afforded to like care about that right i I mean i i can get some sense of reward but the way i feel with punishment is rarely for me does it feel like when i finally finish the task is it like i am one with god i have done it (laughs) it's more like i mean because i can never give myself credit it's like i dodged i managed to escape all of the crazy random things that would have knocked me down i barely eked through is how it always feels to me like i'm thinking specifically Mm. of elden ring when I finish a boss, it doesn't feel like I mastered how to, and now I could defeat that boss with ease every single time. When a game is truly punishing in the ways that frustrate me, which is generally like a random thing, I wasn't able to, not that, Elden Ring is rarely random, so that, that that's a whole other thing. But the punishment that makes me upset in games is so often something that, for me, doesn't contribute to the experience on a whole. So I still get my heart rate up, and I still... Uh, feel like a crazy person when I'm playing neon white, but I don't feel like I'm being slapped in the face, basically. I mean, it's it's like always enriching to me. And then when I do hit my goal, for me, it's not any less sullied. It's not any less yeah. of an a, of a of a catharsis to have beaten the thing. Uh, it it just it just feels good, and I didn't have a whole bunch of my time wasted. That's what I loved about neon white is. It absolutely never wasted my time. And we'll talk about that with the plot stuff too. But like this game, in no way does it want to waste your time. And that yeah, it, that is so just relieving. It's It was so nice for me to be able to just quickly pick it up and set it down and put it away and pick it back up. And, and yeah. like, no, I was, no matter what, as soon as I picked up Neon White, I was seconds away from the act of playing it. Now you played, uh, let's talk about how we played this because you yeah. played it all on a Steam Deck, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Did you play the whole game on Steam Deck? I played the whole thing on my Steam Deck with the controller settings and everything. Um, mm. This game has got great accessibility stuff in it. It wants you to play it on what you you know are comfortable with. So obviously, Hunter, right. you played on your PC, mouse and keyboard. Mouse and keyboard, baby. Which I think is the tradition this game wants to I mean, this is a deeply precise game. Like it wants it wants you to play it on mouse and keyboard, but it recognizes not everybody's going to play it on mouse and keyboard and it recognizes the limitations of controllers and right. it gives you a bunch of like auto targeting settings that you can like mm-hmm. adjust on a slider and uh it it signals those auto targeting things to you so it's like it puts a little reticle on the stuff that you'll be sort of auto targeted like it, y- your cursor's not dead point on the enemy but there's a little secondary cursor that's showing you when you fire it's going to it's going to go for that guy because obviously your joystick camera can't get to that thing as fast as is absolutely necessary to play this game so they make the game perfectly possible to play and uh still get ace trophies on every level on controller i would still say if you want to like crush all of your friends highest scores probably mouse and keyboard is the only way to go because there are times when you can feel it's too sluggish on a controller which is like for me of course I, I'm I crippled the experience a little bit because I knew I wasn't gonna have time to like 
sink my teeth into doing what Hunter did, which is like, I'm going to ace like every single level. I made my goal to get a gold on every single level. A, a level doesn't feel like you beat it unless you got a gold. If you get a silver or lower trophy on a level, it feels like, yeah, I mean, I, I found the end of the level, but it's not right. like I did what the level was asking me to do. And a gold trophy feels like I did exactly what the level was sort of designed to do. And an ace feels like I found the little tricks. I found corners to cut. Yep. I found yep. secret little tunnels. I found some way to skip something. But like a gold feels like that's the level as a first clear should be intended to be beaten and so i made sure i did that with every single level and and it was certainly doable on controller yeah it has this brilliant design choice that they've made where as you um each metal uh or actually i i shouldn't even say each metal because it's also every every time you play through a level get a little bit of what's called insight yeah now if you get like a new metal you get like a lot of insight if right. you just complete the the level and you, you don't get like a new metal then you just get like a tiny amount of insight each time you get some insight points it unlocks uh some like helpful aspects of the level like for example uh one thing it unlocks is a hint yep. as to where the shortcut is right and generally every level i mean every level has a shortcut um whether sometimes the shortcut is like a really big deal and sometimes the shortcut is basically nothing yeah. uh, sometimes the shortcut i disagree with and i'm like <laughs> nope you don't need to that's not it that, that's yeah. not it um but what i really loved about the visual design of this game is that as you play it you start kind of it becomes like a part of you mm -hmm. and the biggest joy in my time with this game was finding the shortcut before the hint yeah yeah and then when the hint was activated i was like yeah no i already saw that because i'm i'm speaking y'all's language now i get what you're trying to to show me here yeah because the thing is a lot of times the shortcut has to do with 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 this the rules of the game are you know as matt described we got to kill all the enemies and we got to get to the ending point of the level which is like a little crystal pillar thing or a little glass pillar i should mm -hmm. say and and that's it we that's all we have to do yep um, and generally, the the best shortcuts to me were the ones that kind of stretched those rules to their limit. Because all yeah. we got to do, we do not, you know, it presents like a little Hot Wheels track right. for you to go through, for you to send your Hot Wheel of Neon White through. Yep. But sometimes you can just be like, okay, so there's, there's this monster way over here in the distance, and we're just going to kill that guy with my gun from yep. all the way over here. Right. We're going to skip that whole section of the track because that's yep. the only guy yep. in that spot. <laughs> as long as we kill Jerry over there, we can skip that whole track and pop on over here. And I loved that because it, it was the kind of thing where the game is, is, tell, is, is like, here's the rules. And here's the racetrack. Yeah. Now, how can you stretch this? Like, yeah. like how, what, what, in what ways do you want to bend this right. to its breaking point? Um, and I love that type of design. Yeah. What's so funny about that is the game like leads with you've got guns to kill enemies, and you're like, I will kill enemies with guns. And then the game slowly teaches you, actually, you have abilities that let you hit enemies, and that's how you that's how you kill them, and that's how you move on. You're like, okay, that's yeah. how I do it. And then the the third echelon, the next step is like, well, actually, you're do use those Actually, guns do though. Shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That's really funny, Matt. Cause that is kind of the escalation of it. It's cause it, cause it gives you the cards, which are guns. And why do they even need to be cards? I don't that's know. actually <laughs> kind of my own, my yeah. only it's, it's a cool design look, but uh, it's like, I don't really understand. 
Um, I guess you know guns kind of suck, and we have enough games with guns, so sure. maybe maybe it's cards fine. is more fun. So so they give you a card, and they're like, this card can be used as a gun. Shoot shoot shoot. Okay, well then the secondary is like a jump or a or a dash or whatever, yeah. and that's important. And then they kind of come back around. They're like, guns can shoot like across the map, though. Yeah. Actually, that's the thing. <laughs> you can actually shoot pretty far with a gun. Do you want to try to use that? You yeah. know, it's cool. The, I would say the level designs was something I bounced against every once in a while, but never in. It, they're fully justified in what they do because the idea to all these levels is it is intended for you to scope it out. Like Hunter said, your first run, yeah. go scope it out. We know you're going to scope it out, which means we're going to do stuff that's like really obtuse sometimes. Like we're yeah. there, there are times where you're kind of going in a critical path and it's a very like got to go fast Sonic thing where we're going in this direction. And then suddenly the game will want you to do like a 90 degree or greater turn, like a, a full 180. And there's no there's nothing signposting you to actually do that. You have to like fail the jump. And start like whipping your camera and like like what where the hell am I supposed to go next? And then you see the enemy over there and they're like, oh, I gotta do that next. In a normal game that isn't quickly resetting the level and all that, like that would be annoying, right? That's bad level design of like you didn't kind of guide my eye to that next thing. Right. But they're not interested in that. They're they're interested in you scoping out the whole level and then taking it in as one full element. You're not meant to just like one shot these levels you're meant right. to replay them and, and do them over and over again so I, I would every once in a while find myself getting a little bit annoyed at like i don't know where i'm supposed to go next but that's the process is figuring out where to go next and doing that and so it's it was kind of a push and pull for me of uh and it, that wasn't even that common i would say there's just a handful of levels where it's just like where the heck am i supposed to be where am i supposed to go next the the place that happened the most and the one weapon I don't really like very much is there's a through maybe more than halfway through the game you get a, you can get a rocket launcher and the rocket launcher shoots rockets that's fun I like do I like when I'm using the rocket launcher as a rocket launcher but the other thing the rocket launcher does is a grappling hook and there's little targets or you can also hit enemies you can fire your rocket launcher a very large distance and grapple onto enemies mm -hmm. I didn't love those sections because they're a little bit slower right all of your other abilities are like a very fast warp dash you slam down on the ground like sure, everything's yeah, yeah. really really fast and those kind of motions really fun to me and then it's like okay now watch as i it's like a weird little train to the next thing very often especially as they sort of get you to master that thing they're having you do other stuff like while you're being pulled it's like you're getting pulled now quickly fire a thing over there fire a thing over there kill that enemy over yeah, there, and yeah. over there they put like a bunch of targets on the screen that stuff is okay, but I, I I found the, like, especially when it's just, like, chain grab to chain grab to chain grab, I didn't like that stuff as much. It just, those just were levels I didn't like replaying. They were so much slower. I liked when the level was literally 20 seconds long, and I can just go so fast. And the levels that are, like, a minute long, 45 seconds long, would have sections in them that weren't even that difficult. It's just like, yeah, and then the target's over there, and you hit that one, and then there's the target over there. Now, I think part of that is because I'm just going for gold, right? I wasn't yep. finding the next level of how do I skip all of these slow targets and stuff. All of the sections where you have to grapple multiple spots are dynamite, like, we, we okay, how do we skip this? Yeah, and the sure. thing is, the rocket launcher, so the rocket launcher is kind of, it's the most complex weapon, yes. because we have our primary shoots a rocket, but we can rocket jump yep. as well. And, and the rocket jump physics 
They don't make any sense <laughs> at all. I'll tell you that right now. You fire a rocket above you and then above it jumps you, you and it launches you. And that's not no. But I loved it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Neon White team, for deciding that's how the rocket launch physics would work. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can shoot with the primary and continue to jump. And then yes, the the grappling hook. I will say this though, what I loved about the grappling hook isn't nobody likes waiting. Yeah, sure. especially in a fast game. You don't want to wait. But once we get the grappling hook in there is when we get really vertical yeah and when i think this game gets really crazy is when the levels are just like okay so we start you on the ground okay and you're going all the way up this skyscraper and that's where the thing is and guess what you got to do that in sub two minutes you know what i mean (laughs) and so it's just like just the idea of getting us way up in the air and doing this same thing of like i do this and then i use the uh the fireball blast forward you know through space move um, I feel like it combos really well, but yeah, you're right. It, it is a, a moment of slowness. Yeah, the I would say honestly, there were plenty of levels with the grappling hook thing where where I was not that bothered by it. the The one thing that I had no interest in going for gold in if I didn't get it like kind of a first try situation, were within the game there are basically I think it's three boss fights against the same guy like one of the characters is this neon green dude he's sort of your main bad guy i guess i don't know i'll say this much i don't know anything about the plot of this game at all we'll talk about that in a bit good but neon green good. i told i told you not to have anything about the plot exactly and it's very good i'm very glad i did it we'll talk about it more in a minute but neon green is this guy you do boss fights with him and especially like the last two boss fights are these very very long sequences of things that you do and like in the last one in particular, it's literally just like grapple to grapple to grapple to. Gra- it's like it's like thirty seconds of just grappling around, mm-hmm. and very small. I could see little ways you could like, oh, I can skip that grapple to get to the next one. But even then, the things you're grappling on are like specific crystals you have to destroy to get. To- it's like so you have to grapple every single thing, or maybe shoot right. it or whatever. And it's just like. That stuff was so slow. I was like, I do not care about shaving time off of these boss fights. I don't care at all. I beat the boss. That feels like a separate thing from the speed running of every other level. Right. Yeah, I I think the boss fights are just okay. Yeah. yeah, they're not they're not an excellent way to sort of test your aptitude at this overall stuff. Yeah. And generally I would say the the levels that are more interested in doing damage to because your character technically has health and yeah. technically the monsters hurt you. However, in most of the levels, yeah. that's never a thing. <laughs> right. That's not like what the game is really about. When it's boss fight time, though, that guy can kill you. Right. And I don't know. It, yeah. It, it's kind of it's just okay that part. Um. But that's okay. I mean, like, there's so many. This game is chock full of levels, and yeah. so many oh, of them sure. are so good. And when we're talking about boss fights, that's literally like three levels. Yeah. Like that, that's like not very much of the game yeah. at all. It's it's nothing off the pile. And and I don't know. So we can talk about some of the other than like signposting this game is dude. Because one of the things you told me about Hunter is uh, this whole the whole time you're playing this game uh, as you especially as you get gold medals. You are getting these. Uh, you're getting these points. You're getting. You have a rank in the game. You have this weird number that it loves to tell you about. Yeah, it's it called the, the neon rank. The neon yeah. ranking, and you waste a lot of time looking at the neon ranking animation. Be like, yeah. sixty-eight. Now sixty-seven. You did. You upped your ranking, and I, yeah, it's like a so, job. Supposed to be some sort of carrot on the stick. 
But uh, what happens when you get to rank one? I, I got to probably rank, uh, I, I don't know, within 10 or whatever. I didn't get to rank one. But, like, what happens with rank one? What is this ranking thing for? What is, what is happening? <laughs> um, let's see. So I'm going to read a Reddit post real quick. Um, <laughs> neon rank one. Is something supposed to happen? <laughs> I just hit neon rank one. And it said to go to the Heaven Central Authority for a mission briefing. But I didn't seem to get anything when I visited, and I didn't get an achievement either. Um, I just want to make sure there's nothing missing. Um, top, top, top post um, from Uranium ninety two V two. As far as I know, nothing special happens when you reach Neon Rank one. Now, this is a Reddit post I've already read. I read this after I got Neon Rank one, uh, and I wish that I had read it before <laughs> because I spent maybe an extra. Like I, I did not ace every level, like I said. So that meant that when I finished the game, I was like neon rank two or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I got to get neon rank one. And then I did. And I thought it was the thing that unlocks the true. Because there's like two endings of the game, sure. of course. And that is not it. Uh, it turned out it was a different thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So you don't just letting everybody know you don't get anything for yep. being rank one. And it is like a definite. It's a joke, and it's yeah. a funny joke, yeah. and I appreciate the joke, and it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, well, because at the end of the day, the real thing is that you pushed yourself to ace every level, and that was the reward, right? It's just funny that yeah. the, this game has a lot of weird little extra kind of rewards in it, and I'm not sure all of them are uh, actually rewarding, but it's, it's also like it doesn't matter. I mean, I, again, I, I think of the Celeste strawberries. You get basically nothing for getting all of the strawberries, but you get the satisfaction of having done the extra challenge of getting right. all the straw that the game you're supposed to like the game so like the game if you don't like the game then who cares you don't need the extra strawberries if you don't like the game you don't need to get rank 1 but if you want to get rank 1 you know do do all of the challenges to to their fullest degree or whatever so i have no issue with like kind of senseless uh numbers on screen sometimes i just wished it didn't take so long <laughs> for the anime it's like yeah when i play these games my like anxiety and my heart rate go like through the roof and i'm just like trying to play it as fast as and i'm like spamming a and especially uh if i'm like trying to reset a level i would get tripped up it, there's like different buttons for replay the level and then if you just accidentally hit A, it'll just like, even if you're like just paused for a second, but you hit A, it'll just skip to the next level rather than like reset right. your level. And that would happen all the time. And then the idea that I'm going to like go back to that old level is like, nope, that's gone. That's gone. It's history. It's long forgotten. The second I move on right. from a level, the idea that I'm going to cycle back through menus and go back to that level is a joke. I, I maybe did that one single time ever. If if I accidentally selected past the level before I'd like done my gold or whatever, that was it. Right. Oh well, moving on. I completely understand that. Well, so we we've really done a good job of yeah. avoiding talking about the story. And I and I would love to keep not talking about it to be honest. But the, I, we're getting close to an intersection point where yeah. I do have to mention something. Yeah. So we, let's we, you know, we can we can still decide whether we want to get into story <laughs> at all at this point. But I 100% of this game, as far as I know, right. unless there's some secret stuff that there's I don't know about, because honestly, I, I, I didn't do a lot of research, Yeah. because um, I just wanted to have my experience of the game. Um, so in every level, there is a gift, Yeah. Uh, which is like a little hidden object in the level. Sometimes they're really easy. Sometimes they're really, really difficult. Um, and guess what? If I couldn't find them, I looked up where they were. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was that type of challenge for me. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, each gift is just like a little object and it's always the same object which feels kind of a little lazy but 
you can then take these objects and then in the hub world where you can talk to all the characters of this game because there are characters in this uh -huh. game even though uh -huh. we haven't talked about them at all uh -huh. um you can give them gifts and then when you give them gifts you have to watch a lot of dialogue scenes however every once in a while you unlock what they what the game calls a side quest which is just another set of levels yeah that have their own theme and of the characters, there's one character named Neon Violet, mm -hmm. and she's the worst. Uh, she's the cringiest <laughs> one, uh, and, and a lot of the really cringy stuff is having to do with her. But her levels are really good, <laughs> and I really like the, the gimmick of her levels are that each Neon Violet level is like a torture chamber where oh everything will kill you. It's like, it's almost like... Um, it's kind of like I want to be the guy where there's just spikes everywhere and they will kill you. And you're constantly like when you navigate the level, you're sort of like, I am almost dying. Yeah. And then, no, I don't quite die on that one. <laughs> um, really liked those levels. In fact, I kind of liked all of the side quest levels quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I was happy to have 100% of this game, except for it meant that I had to sit through more of the dialogue sequences. And by sit through, I mean, I actually... I would fast forward about 50% of the time. I, yeah. I, there's a part of me that just needed to know what this game was about. Was about. <laughs> uh, well, so that's the most beautiful part to me about Neon White is um, you, you, you just mentioned a, a thing that I think is connected to this, the idea that the presents are like the same and maybe that feels cheap. I think that you can see areas where this game sort of like cut some corners. Like this is basically an, uh, you know, an indie game. Um, I think it's like a decently sized studio, but it's, it's not too huge. And mm -hmm. I think there are places where they they cut all of the right corners, basically. And uh, they wanted this game about speedrunning, this platforming, the, this first-person 3D platformer that was really tight, really fast. And then also, they are little, they're little freaky anime kids that love, just love this stuff, okay? They yeah. just love this stuff. And yeah. they wanted to do their little weird story. And guess what? They wanted you to have your cake and eat it too, if you wanted. Mm -hmm. Which is to say, if you like their freaky stuff, cool. Watch this. Watch this storyline. That's a lot of just like nonsense kind of dialogue. It's amazing voice act. I mean, the voice actors in this game are like some legendary people. Freaking Spike from Cowboy Bebop is in this game, and he's he's crushing it. But they do a lot of the those the the Violet character is very much like let's make sexual innuendos and make neon white your main character feel really uncomfortable all the time. Mm -hmm. But they put a button in where you can just skip all of it. And they say, if you don't like this stuff, it doesn't matter. It's, it's for us. It's for the people that are like us that want this. And if you don't, we, you don't have to endure a like any of it, except uh, the idea is you don't just like skip the cutscene. You fast forward the cutscene, yeah. which is, is I think genius because what happened is you see all of the they're really just drawings that like are like talking to each other right there there's no there's no cut scenes in the way of at full motion video or anything like that it's just it's just two comic book drawings talking to each other but they do all of the little anime flourishes you know the little like sweat drop from the side of the head like that those kinds of things and all of those animations play out when you speed up the dialogue, which means you don't have to read any of the dialogue. You don't have to hear any of the voice acting, but you get a sense 
of the emotions the characters go through. So without enduring any of the cringe of the story, you get to sort of understand what's happening in the story. You know when characters like die or when bad things happen. You know when good things happen. You're like, oh, a good thing happened. Great. And it's like this abstracted thing. I literally only probably watched about 45 seconds total of any cutscene. Throughout wow. the entire game, I, I, wow. I, Hunter basically gave me permission to just skip all of it. Well, I, okay, I told you to specifically do it. Yeah, like I didn't even give you permission. I was yeah, like, yeah. please, please skip the cutscenes because I didn't. What I didn't want was for our section about the story of this game to be too negative. Sure, it's this. The story of this game has been beat up on enough. Yeah, it's cringy. I don't actually think it's that bad, to be sure. honest. I started paying more attention towards the end of the story once it kind of got a little more serious. Yeah. And it's it's a fun plot. Sure. The, uh, the developer claims that they're really into 90s anime. It actually yeah. felt more like 2000s anime to me, personally. <laughs> it kind of like uh, split hairs there a little bit. Um, it, that, it, like a lot of the art uh, kept reminding me of uh, Bleach, if yeah. you've ever watched uh, Bleach uh, or read the manga, I guess. Um, and it felt like the vibe of it was kind of more on that level, yeah. Um, as opposed to something really gritty, it's not a. It's it's like kind of it has a lot of violence in the story, yeah. And it can be even a little macabre, but it's kind of like not very realized in its in its darkness. Like yeah. like we still have like you know all of the angels or or a lot of the angel characters, yeah. Um, are cats that sit on little clouds and have like sunglasses right. like so it's like it's very goofy and silly in its in its presentation right which kind of makes the like i would say the 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 really kind of darker aspects of the characters and the story feel a little bit at odds with the vibe of everything else yeah um which is i think one of the things that like causes people to bounce off of this game uh but it does have like an actual resolution that is quite nice yeah um and like actually I, I like i felt good that i had paid attention to enough of it now i was very you know with the fast forward button i wasn't feeling it which like for like we had to talk to to neon violet yeah us fast forward yeah you know i, did, I didn't want to cringe too much at this game right basically it's one of those things where it's like every time you seemingly talk to a female character it has to be about your love relationship with that female character and it yeah. just gets, gets old basically instantly i will say on the note of how much of it i did uh watch my big takeaway was they were it's one of those things where it's incredibly overwritten for the style they were trying to display this thing through. They wanted really quirky dialogue. There's a lot of characters being like very modern dialogue. Yeah, using like a lot of internet slang exactly. and stuff like that, yeah. And that stuff, the reason uh, like people hate that stuff is if you have quirky, I'm doing air quotes, quirky dialogue without any kind of quirky physicality, it is all lost. All you hear when you listen to these voice actors is the voice actors doing yeah. this stuff. If it were a in an actual anime, right? This stuff works because you see them doing crazy things. Like the, the they sure, get to yeah, yeah. like bend the reality of everything and that's what makes it so funny generally or whatever. But when it's just like a voice actor doing the lines, it makes it so it's the same thing as the reason I can't listen to a lot of narrative podcasts 
because mm-hmm. in narrative podcasting, it's all you have is like people giving it their all in the in the reciting of the lines. And if it's written as if you're supposed to see their face <laughs> saying crazy things, it just doesn't work at all for me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I watched like the first cutscene, and they're doing a lot of like, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me, dude. Let's get out of here. And it's like, oh, that's enough. I'm done. I'm moving on with my life. Yeah, you already mentioned that uh, they, they got uh, they got Spike from Cowboy Bebop uh, to voice the main character. Um, they also got Pro ZD um from uh yeah. youtube of, of youtube uh to voice uh mikey who was probably my favorite character or at least the funniest character yeah um in the game uh so i generally watch scenes if it involved mikey um but yeah i it's the performances are are good it's that the the script is just a little lacking yep um and, and it especially kind of i would say waste time a little too much on comedy that is gonna be like very very niche yeah um and not necessarily for like a wider audience but i kind of respect that the game is like like they said openly they're like this is a game for freaks yep by freaks exactly so like if you got a problem with the weird story it's like they're not they made this game for a certain type of person absolutely and it just so happened that it ended up being so good right that the wider video game audience found out about it and yep. could not ignore it. So right. whenever you come into this game and you're experiencing the great gameplay and then you're like, yeah, but that story though is so dumb. It's like, yeah, but they didn't make the story for you. They didn't even right. know you were going to be here. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, cause the, the, the mechanics of the game are also in theory, a really niche thing. It's just that speed running is like, I think taking on more and more, like more and more people like watch Grand Pooh Bear and stuff like, you know what I mean? Like that community, AGDQ gets bigger and bigger every single year. Yeah, that's true. The lexicon yeah. of speedrunning has actually become a somewhat normalized thing to the fact where like the speed, some of like the speedrunners out there and especially these speedrun like designers aren't, aren't fully aware like how much of the world is paying attention to them. So yeah, this game was intended as like this crazy little speedrunning game for speedrunning kids and anime kids are going to like it too. And then it was like, oh, maybe it's like a game of the year contender at the very least. And nobody, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be that. But again, they didn't make you watch any. They said you can just skip all of this stuff. Yeah, they and said they gave you complete permit. There's a little thing that pops up in the top left corner every single time a cutscene starts. It's like, hey, if you don't like this, just, just mosey along i don't care so it's, yeah uh, yeah none of it i take none of it as a knock against the game it's just it's not something i liked and i love the developers for letting me blaze right past it um that the same can be said of like all the overworld stuff i basically didn't engage with any of the like extra there's like all these the the game feels like and i don't think uh like a development timeline would maybe make this make sense but this game feels like uh what if we took hades by Supergiant Games and like put an anime speedrunning twist on it. But like a lot of the same, you know, you're getting presents for other characters. Everybody's yeah, kind of sure. horny yeah, for yeah. each other. It's like it has a lot of these similar vibes, but they wanted to put it in their own style with their own specific twist. I just don't like any of that side of it. I didn't engage with the overworld at all, but like certainly people will. The overworld isn't really much of an overworld. It's yeah. just like a like, you know, a, a couple places you can click on in order to have conversations sure. with characters but yeah i i mean the game is is pretty streamlined and and pretty stripped down to you know there's the gameplay segments and then there's the kind of visual novel type segments yep and those 
sometimes those even intersect depending on the level. Like towards the end, there are definitely um, like levels where you experience one of the other characters in the 3D environment, which is always a little jarring. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're actually going to do that, huh? Right. Um, instead of it just being, you know, in the visual novel world, it's just two characters just standing yep. in front of a backdrop and then they just have conversations. And that's that's awfully limiting and creates a lot of focus on the script. Yeah. If it wasn't, you know, if it was more like what Matt was saying before, like an actual anime where the characters are essentially cartoons and can do all ty types of cartoony stuff, then I think maybe it would hit a little different, even if the script stayed the same. Absolutely. I want to say this, though. I want to encourage people that, you know, if, if you hear us talk about this game and you're interested in, in getting into it, I want to encourage you to look at this game this way. Like, yes, the game is is cringe and silly, but maybe it's an opportunity for you, the player, to put your cringe dumb dumby mm -hmm. hat on mm -hmm. and be a cringy dumb person. And maybe you should play this this game and yeah. let the, the cutscenes just play and play it publicly. Play it out in your <laughs> living room. Let your wife catch you. Let your you know your partner catch you. Like be out on the street playing this game on the streets of New York City. The game wants you to pretend you're in 2004. It's got it's got this emo music like the interstitial screens between worlds are like six days till judgment like metal music yeah, I actually it wants love that. you we haven't talked about music yet but it wants you to put on your black hoodie and yeah. have your weirdly overly long hair and yeah. it wants you to be a kid in 2004 in yeah. junior high or high school yeah. and yeah. you're just like listening to whatever's less mainstream than my chemical romance but in that same world and you're just, or just my chemical romance we're just or just my chemical yeah. romance you're just you just are that kid and someone comes by and you're like what are you playing you're like go away it's my thing it's my thing and it's not your thing leave me alone that's what this yeah. game like wants you to to relive <laughs> yeah yeah i think so i think that that is absolutely it matt and i think you should let everyone see what you're playing you know what i mean like play it at work yeah. invite your coworker over and don't even let your coworker see the gameplay part. Invite yep. your coworker over to watch one of the cutscenes. Yep. Yeah. I really like this. Be like, I really like this, and I, I want like to show it to you. I want you to Listen. see this. And the character's hey. like, "No, oh, quit looking at my big boobs. Get away from me. You're a pervert." And you're like, "I like this a lot. This is my yeah, favorite." I like this. <laughs> Here's the thing: is that I like this. My name is Dave, and I like this. Is the thing. Uh, that's that's what you should be. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. Just just. The game wants you to be freaky. Be a little freaky. Be a little Just freaky like, with you know, it. freak out with it. It's okay. You're going to freak out with it while you're in the neon white world. Yes. And then you can pop out. Yep. You know, that's what I'm saying is when you reject something for being stupid, mm. you also lose an opportunity yep. to embrace it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, to live in its skin, you know? <laughs> and that's what, <laughs> and what, is, what is the point of living in this cyberpunk dystopia that we live in, yeah. where really the only saving grace is you're surrounded by electronic entertainments. <laughs> if you are experiencing them at a distance, envelop yourself, uh -huh. my friend. We have no other choice but to submit to our digital goods. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> well, okay, before we before we rank this puppy, we don't this this is of course 
you know, we, we are in the middle of our 2001 a game Odyssey season, but yeah. we're, we're sort of in our off period. We're taking a yeah, little bit of a hiatus. break. We're on yeah. hiatus. We'll come back to 2001 here in uh, upcoming weeks, actually. Uh, but for now, this is just a game that came out, what, this year? This is 2022, or was this end of 2021? I don't remember. Um, but this is a new game, so we're not ranking it in our 2001 list. But what I did want, Hunter, is at the very least, give me your top two or three guns what are your gun? what are the guns you like in this one we and we have an ongoing uh, ranking somewhere hidden and i'm gonna find it here we have our like favorite weapons in games and i yeah we have a favorite guns list and i wonder if any of these guns make it yeah. onto your favorite yeah. guns list so yeah. i think we need to revisit i'll, I'll read our guns list as it was yeah, right yeah. now number one is the portal gun uh, so already okay. eschewing the idea that a gun needs to kill anything, which I think is right. great it for any of these guns making it onto the list. Next up is the uh, Journey to Silius homing missile. Uh, great. A yeah, wonderful pla cool. 2D platforming gun. Uh, we have the rocket launcher from, I believe, Quake, or really just any Quake-like game. Uh, just a rocket launcher, which we have in this game. More rocket jumping that is even mm -hmm. more fun, more interesting. Rocket jumping, cool. Uh, we have the Hyperlight Drifter shotgun, which feels a little out of place. And then we have the Halo 1 pistol, which is just an overpowered behemoth of an actual gun that shoots things for the purpose of killing. So and it's uh, so funny. Yeah. It's so funny how when you're playing Halo 1, the first thing you, when you spawn, you switch to pistol. Like, that's so funny that everyone is just, like, <laughs> they have these two guns they're giving you, and you're just instantly like, oh, get that one out of the way. So, some guns from Neon White I would want to nominate. Well, the number one that comes to me, for sure, the shotgun in Neon White is magnificent. Are you talking red? Red shotgun? Red. Or the yeah. red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. shotgun. Because okay. the shotgun feels good. Yeah. Uh, it's got a nice spread on it. And sometimes you can even kind of use the spread to hit far away objects. I like that. I like forcing me to use a shotgun in creative ways. And then the the alternate, the platforming element of the shotgun is it's just a fireball. It just yeah. launches you. Yeah. It just, whatever you're pointing at, you're just going to launch with speed. Yes. And sometimes they give you like three of those and they're just like, all right, climb, go, you know? nuts. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the most versatile of the weapons. It, uh... Because it's the one you certainly use the most for the actual killing of enemies, too. They'll give you a little pile of enemies, and it's like, yep. you got to hit this one at the right angle so that you kill all of them yep. in one shot yep. or whatever, and then move on to the next thing. It's that Celeste-style dash. There's a second gun. There's a rifle. That's a the blue weapon. is a dash, but it's like literally only parallel to the ground you dash forward yeah no uh, no verticality no at verticality. all you gain no no you're not going up right even a little bit but the red is like that if i got to choose the direction it's it is forward relative to my position and my camera angle and yeah and it's kind of throwing you there's a little right. bit of an arc to it you you're you're never you know you you have to kind of get a feel for when you point yourself at something like where to aim you generally want to aim like above yeah. where you want to be that kind of, yeah. of thing yeah i think that should be I, I i don't think more than one gun needs to get added to our gun list so let's just rank the red shotgun up against the rest of our list uh, on this thing i mean i definitely think we're gonna it goes at least above the hyperlight drifter shotgun because that's yeah that shouldn't even be there probably i mean that, that the, shouldn't even the be halo there, one pistol but... is probably better than the hyperlight drifter shotgun and, mm -hmm. and we could probably just let that get lopped off the list but uh is the red shotgun better than a quake rocket launcher i don't know i kind of liked it more to be yeah. honest i was really feeling it yeah like i i I think that this is one of the best guns in recent memory is yeah. this neon white shotgun. I, I mean, there are other guns in neon white that are also really good, by the way. Sure. I do like, like the thing about the dash um, is that it's a rifle. Yeah. So 
but what's funny about the the dash is is the the rifle can shoot far away it's yes. kind of your your long range weapon so there are sections of the game where you got to shoot something way far away and right. then dash and i love that tension that's yeah. kind of special to just neon white tension but yeah that shotgun man real yeah. good um i i would put it above the quake rocket launcher yeah uh i would i, I also are, are we sure it was the quake rocket launcher or the quake um like grenade launcher thing what we have written down is rocket launcher it doesn't even say quake it just says rocket launcher so i have to assume i don't even know what that means yeah. Can, <laughs> does somebody listen to this show that could let us know what we meant by that do we have any listeners? Because I don't the listen worst to notes. Yeah, I, I would say it also goes above the Journey to Silly's homing missile. Really, it's a way. Uh, the big question is: Is this better than a portal gun? Uh, and that's a tougher. That's a tougher thing. I mean, that's an entire yeah. an entire series of games is defined by this incredible new introduction into the game uh, element. Well, what's cooler, speed running or solving puzzles? Yeah. I mean, I like speed running. Yeah, well, and a speedrun is kind of lame. A, a, a speed run is a puzzle in a way. I I love a yep. slow, methodical puzzle, puzzle. But realistically, what happens with Portal is you end up speedrunning Portal. I mean, people end up speedrunning Portal as well. But yeah, then it turns true. into like a crazy. It's hard to watch a Portal speedrun. I'll tell you that much. You don't know what's happening. There's no way to actually visualize the information. But uh, if your suggestion here, Hunter, is that we have a new number one gun in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get it to it. And it's the neon white red shotgun. I feel like that tells everybody what they need to know about this game, right? Yeah. One of the best guns in games. One of the best gun. The best gun in games is not a gun. It's a card. <laughs> and it's a dash. <laughs> yeah, and it's a dash, mostly. It's kind of a, a, a dash, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think... I think the levels in Neon White where they they give you a bunch of the shotgun were like consistently my favorite levels. Absolutely. I'd use the shotgun a lot. I was I like, this is going to be a good yeah. one. There's one level in particular where I think it's the most nebulous level about kind of how it wants you to tackle this one room. I don't know if you remember this, Hunter, but there's, there's a level that starts you off and you like jump over a big gap. And there's a group of enemies to your right and you shoot them and then you shoot through a little door. You got to blow up this door. And yeah. then from the second you decide to go through that door, there's a door on your left and there's a door on your right. Th there's two directions you could tackle this. And it in no way does the game tell you like what the intentional first attempt should look like. Like there's just yeah. no information about how to do this. I remember playing that level for like actually quite a long time to just even figure out what was going on. And a lot of it revolves around shotgunning enemies and dashing in the right spots. And it was it was probably my favorite level in the whole game, even though it took me like forever to even do a first completion. That was kind of the coolest mm. thing is as long as it kept the pace up without too much rocket launcher business, I would sit there and replay a level over and over and over and over and over again if it if the challenge was like weirdly dynamic enough yeah i i don't remember that level but i do remember uh, really enjoying any level that, so there's another gun that's very fun uh the submachine gun or the uzi whatever it is um has a stomp ability where it launches you downward yeah and there's all these really great levels where they're having you use the stomp but then that's always there's always like a point of like you could stomp or you could just shoot them in there and then stomp down yeah. to the next level like that kind of thing right um and i love those little I love how often the game is encouraging you to just kind of be like, but could you skip that part somehow? You know, could we somehow get around that? Um, I feel like it makes everyone a speedrunner. Yes. This game. Absolutely. That's what's so good about it. Right. It, it entices you to do all that stuff. I will say about the stomp gun is I did have a pretty consistent issue with understand 3D physical space can be difficult to like 
no right like the the idea mm. in a in a 3d platformer is like sometimes they give you wiggle room on how far you run off the edge of a like a, a cliff before you yeah, have to do your right. jump because you don't right. know where your feet are in a in a 3d yeah. platformer really. mm-hmm. you never really know where your feet are and the stomp ability was one that constantly i ran into that issue with of like and i'm gonna stomp now and it would be like oh about a, about a second too soon or whatever you you know and, and the worst part is when it's like out in open air and it wants you to stomp on like a one of the floating bubble enemies and you miss and you're just like now i'm falling forever yeah, yeah. And like that that happened more times than i would like to admit so i i bounced against i would say the rocket launcher most and then maybe that stomp gun a little bit the one that they didn't use enough is that pink uh submachine gun that launches a little orb on the ground oh yeah and then you can bounce off the orb that gun you is mean the cool. purple one yeah the, the purple, purple pur- pur- yeah purple pink whatever the the purple one is very cool but like way underutilized i would say it was very rare that i was using that orb for like the the intended purpose of bouncing you could also just launch it at enemies and it would blow them up but i'm like that's also what the rocket launcher does i don't know i want to use this little orb jump more often i think the thing about that that purple grenade launcher slash machine gun type gun was i noticed anytime they gave that to me in a level it was it was going to enable me to do the skip yeah basically because it's essentially a double jump that you can place on any surface right i mean it's a sticky grenade yeah that then you know launches you up even further and i think maybe that was just like a little too complicated they're like this is like maybe a little much for us to give the player yeah um as compared to some of the other stuff the rocket launcher all the levels are just that Yep. they don't give you the rocket launcher until way late in the game and all the levels that have the rocket launcher are very meticulously designed around the idea that you have this rocket launcher yeah, definitely well it is time for us to do our job it's time to get to work hunter neon white needs to be ranked on our current list of 64 yep. games uh 64 games we yep. need to find mm. sort of a target range that it can get slapped within uh, yeah. we both feel a little hot on it. It seems like I think we like it. I mean, I'm pretty hot on it. Yeah, we don't like story stuff, and yet the story stuff basically good. takes nothing away from it because you can just skip it, which is an amazing feat that the game gets to do. So I don't know. It's got a lot of Sega legacy to yeah. it. Like it feels like you know, it's got a lot of Jet Set Radio. It's got a lot of every time you complete a world, it goes, it cuts to the screen uh, of just like this beautiful. Uh, gradient of white to black um, on this text that just says mission complete and there that is so Sega just like and the way the voice says it too a lot of yeah. the music kind of reminds me of like a Dreamcast uh, soundtrack really the, we didn't talk about the music at all the music is uh, I, I got tired of the music eventually yeah. I'll say that um, and it this is the kind of game that it, it is fun to just kind of put on your own music and play yeah. the music they have in the game is is good yeah. Um, and it has a good vibe to it. It's well made and it fits with what you're doing. Like it's fast. It's like sort of a, a, a fast paced. Not I don't know if new metal is the right term, but like an emo thing and a lot of guitar. And it's it's a very it, it well, keeps, it's got a, keeps your there's blood a lot flowing. of electronic aspects yes. to it, too. It's like it's it's got kind of an industrial thing. Sometimes yes. it can it can be very like. It, I don't know. It's it's good to play with the music, but everyone's yeah. while the music is like a little too intense and I Absolutely. turn off and put on whatever I want. Well, anyways, I don't want to just like pinpoint a, a target. I want I want to catch your vibe, I guess, a little bit. And we can just make no, I want to catch your vibe. I want to you an to agreement. set the vibe. Well, no, no, no. And we I, I guess that's what I mean is uh, I look I'm looking at our tens, 10 to 19. And I think of all of those as like obvious all timers that are just not necessarily like yours and my top 10 but they're like clearly 
just all-timer games. And then I look at the 20s, and I'm like, not not all of those are all-timers, but those are like super highly regarded, worth mentioning games. And yeah. Neon White like goes both ways for me. Like it is, it's kind of an all-timer when it comes to, like you said, capturing speedrunning in a game. The thing I'm always saying to you, Hunter, is I don't know why you don't speedrun more games. You have every bit of your brain is like a speedrunner mentality when you, mm-hmm. when you tackle a lot of these games. It's usually just like your lack of desire to 100% of the game. You've on the show said you don't really 100% very many games, but then Neon White got you, right? Like you basically yeah. 100% of Neon White because it put the right kind. You don't like 100%ing collectible quests, but you like 100 uh, yeah. percent speedrunning challenges. Uh, so, it, yeah. you know, th- I feel like this game is a further thing convincing you that you need to try some weirder speedrunny stuff maybe i will maybe i will i i i have a weird idea i'm cooking up where maybe i'll speedrun perhaps an entire uh console library um <laughs> sort of under some weird rules so maybe i will get into speedrunning but it'll be a speedrunning of my own design uh, stay tuned making. for more information on sure. that Okay, but what tens place are you yeah. thinking? You're well, trying that's to wriggle what I'm out saying of this, is, but I, I, I'm I not wriggling out teams. of it. I'm saying I I can't say it's I, maybe it's like a fifteen to twenty five kind of ten place, right? It's not in that lower twenties mm-hmm. area, I don't think. Um, but it's not in that upper tens. So it's like I I think okay. like a like an outrun to Skyrim sort of range feels okay. good to me. I could be convinced of higher or lower though, because this game runs the gamut of a lot of emotions. I did not keep tackling the speedrunning thing, although that's mostly because I was terrified of my impending Elden Ring schedule, right? Like, I I did the gold rush of this game and not an ace rush because I'm just like, I just need to be done with this game because I need to put hours on the clock in Elden Ring. (laughs) That's the only reason all of this stuff happened. Otherwise, I think I would have pushed harder to get more aces in this game. So I, I think it's exceedingly good in that kind of a thing so maybe we just start at 25 and and start working our way up well i i mean i wanted to say what te- well, i yeah, yeah, i I, mean, I think it's solidly in the teens for okay. me great then um, let's let's start in the teens because there's no reason if if we're both well, on the upper echelons there's no reason in starting at- if you're sa- if you're saying 15 to 25 i'm saying uh 10 to 20 yeah let's start at like number 22 sure then i think sure. that's the compromise there yeah. And 22 is is an interesting one to start on because it's Hitman 2016, which is another game that like I'm quite fond of uh, mm-hmm. newly, like I, not something I have a nostalgia for, just a thing that I'm I, I became very interested in, and it's sort of the um, in some ways the opposite of this game, right? I mean, you can right. you can certainly speedrun Hitman, but Hitman is more about very slow machiavellian <laughs> planning crazy uh instances to occur amongst uh, this wide open map that you just sort of playground in for for hours so it's almost like a question of both of these games are like close to perfectly executing their platonic ideal of that genre right yeah sure sure hitman is like among the best open world stealth games neon white is like among the best speed run 3d platformer games which of those genres hits harder, I guess? Yeah, stealth versus first-person platforming. Which one is more interesting? I think that what Neon White does is more addicting yeah. than what Hitman does. Uh, with Hitman, I don't feel like returning to 
a Hitman level that often. Now, there are some Hitman levels that mm -hmm. succeed in this. But there's a lot of Hitman levels that I play through one time. That's true. And then I'm like, I don't really care about finding out every little yeah. aspect of this level. Yeah. So in that way, I feel like Hitman is a little more piecemeal. Yes. And Neon White is very consistent by comparison. I think that's a great point. The, the peaks of Hitman for me are much higher than Neon White's. Like when, when, when a Hitman level hits, it far excels anything in Neon White for how it makes me feel. But Neon White is like consistently in the upper <laughs> quarter of that range the whole mm -hmm. time. So yeah, I, I, I like it going above Hitman. I have this idea about Hitman that I feel like we did not mention in the, in the episode. That was a. I was playing through a little bit of Hitman Three recently, and mm -hmm. I realized something that kind of bothers me about Hitman. It wants to guide you mm -hmm. to the kind of quests that they've that they've laid out, um, yeah. the kind of different routes for like uh, killing the target. And sometimes I get a little put off by that. Yeah. I almost feel like it's a little too guided sometimes. Right. Where I almost feel like if if I there's this really good level in Hitman Three. Um, that is like a murder mystery yeah. um, level. It's sort of like Knives Out. It's very similar to Knives Out, in yeah. fact. I was all excited about doing it. And then the, at some point while I was playing the level, I was kind of like, I'm sort of bored mm -hmm. because it kind of feels like the game is playing itself. Yeah. And it's just sort of telling me it's really to scripted. go from place to place. The, the zaniest stuff you can do in Hitman feels very outside of the bounds of what any of this stuff was intended. Like, it's cool that it's open, but it's it's not like you get to write really clever things like I'll find this exploding golf ball and then make it. It's yeah. like that is clearly a scripted event, basically. It's You're supposed to find yeah. the, the, the exploding golf ball and get the guy to hit it with his golf club. There's no like I get to create, I get to MacGyver this absolutely insane thing. Usually, like when you watch speedruns of Hitman, it's mostly like, well, if I stand over here and shoot, nobody sees me. So I can just like shoot the guy in the head from here and move yeah, on yeah, with yeah. my life. And like in some ways that's like the most clever stuff you can do in hitman is sort of just like negate any of the cleverness of the game itself um so i agree it's it's a very some of the most interesting elements of hitman are completely on rails basically and yeah. it's just a matter of you sort of finding that stuff and going oh how clever of a thing they wrote i guess right i feel like i'm kind of just listening to like the game is just saying all right, now go here and mm -hmm. do this and i feel like it's mechanically i'm not doing enough to feel like i have enough i don't know agency sometimes and right. this is not an all the time problem but i think there is like a hitman game in my head there's like a hitman game that doesn't exist that's all about being like more emergent yeah with uh like right. and because there's some of that in hitman but there's i feel like there's not enough i wish there was even more yeah. um anyways that's that's enough hitman talk sure uh so next up it would be it against centipede which is a strange Strange convert. I mean, Centipede has like a lot of just it's here because of its sort of historical import and its and its game feel that still feels amazing today, 30 years later or whatever, like 40 years later, whatever it is. It's, it's been a long time since this game came out. Huh? Centipede's old as heck. 40 yeah, years. Old. That doesn't make any sense. That freaks me out to say out loud. <laughs> Uh, anyways, older than we are. It's older than we are. Uh, so I, I mean, I would certainly say Neon White is more uh, cathartic than Centipede. This is an easy one to jump ahead for me. Yeah, I I also don't have a problem putting Neon White uh, above Centipede. I think Centipede is a really cool game, historically important. It's got a great art style. It doesn't have uh, an annoying story. Yeah, uh, which is cool. 
that's a point for centipede but also the, the while the gameplay is fun and like it's weird i actually think there is kind of a lot in common here between neon white and something like centipede they're both games that are sort of designed to make you chase perfection yeah uh but i find because neon white is sort of learning all the lessons from the arcades yeah and also combining that with all the lessons that people have taken away from speed running and having games be more designed for speed running yeah i feel like its hooks are much stronger than almost any arcade game but maybe not every arcade game <laughs> um but yeah i'm, I'm okay with letting neon yeah. white go above centipede I, I, do I mean every time we get to centipede it's like does this even make sense and the whole concept of the show breaks down yeah, and ex- there's absolutely. no logic right. to it anymore it centipede is here because we wanted it to be at one point in time <laughs> and and, that, and the, the the rest is history um i do like that idea that speed running games this sort of slowly developing uh what what was just rom hacks and hacks the things that's becoming an actual genre of game right people are actually designing games for the full purpose of being speed run i i do like thinking of them as like the modern arcade game Right. Yeah. Where it's like, no, nah, we, we're not putting quarters into the machine, but we're putting right. our reps in. The point of the game is the reps that you're going to do. Um, I which agree. Is very arcadey. Uh, speaking of kind of arcadey, we got Bongayo on the Dreamcast next. And I would say these two games are similar as heck. Uh, Cutscenes that are pretty easy to skip, but also just like super zany. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bongayo, mm-hmm. I absolutely want to watch every little comic-y cutscene. I, I have to hear the jokes. I want I want to take all of that in. And then the levels themselves are very, I would say, speed-runny um, to, a, to a sort of breaking the limitations of the hardware extent, right? Like, the game wants you to see how hard you can push putting a million rockets on screen to uh, finish the task as fast as possible. Uh, in some cases, the levels are literally, like, a matter of a couple seconds long because of how jank and broken they are. Yeah, they're both really idiosyncratic games where it's kind of like okay these are your mechanics and it's like how did you even come up with this yeah like the whole bongayo <laughs> like like thing of if there's you know you need to get as many things shooting at you <laughs> as you can right now yeah. so that you can respond with your counter attack <laughs> at that the way that is utilized in the game really doesn't make yeah a lick of sense no uh, to use a little bit of uh, common parlance there. Yeah. I have, so I gotta say, I have Bongayo and Neon White ranked right next to each other mm-hmm. on my personal list. Um, I gave the edge to Bongayo just because I think I like the design a little bit better. Yeah. But just because I ranked Bongayo a little bit higher than Neon White doesn't mean, you know, I, I'm willing to compromise here and let Neon White go above Bongayo, even though I personally don't like quite Bong. see it. I think they're really close in yeah. far, as far as levels of quality go. But, you know, the bottom half of the teens is kind of where a lot of All my yeah. differences with the the art together yeah. list and my personal well, list come from. So that's, that's going to be a thing we have to deal with then, too, because I'm a little bit like, I think Bongayo is cooler. I think it's more interesting. But guess mm-hmm. what? I beat Neon White, and I did not really come that close yeah. to beating Bongayo, despite liking it. Uh, there, there's a certain level of the the challenge of Bongayo doesn't pull you in quite as much. Like you can't stop playing Neon White. I feel like in Bongayo, it's like some levels you're like, well, I'm setting it down for a while. This is this this level's stupid well, and crazy. <laughs> I, I I mean I disagree. I was completely you were hooked by Bongayo. No, I know. I loved it. 
I guess what I'm saying is there's a part of me that would put Bongayo above Neon White, but is that being true to the act of me playing both of these games? I don't think so. No, it's no. not, right? I, I I certainly sunk my teeth much more in a neon white. So if I think if I'm being honest with myself, I, I have to put neon white above it, but I think all yeah. of the style points go to Bongayo uh, a million times over, basically. Yeah, I also just think I, I just think Bongayo is such a neat game that yeah. they were like this is what it will be it just seems pulled out of nowhere yeah like absolutely it, and, and it's funny because neon white is sort of like that too yeah but the, the neon white touchstones like i don't know what inspired bongayo <laughs> i don't even really know like like what it is that they're getting the these ideas from yeah um with neon white you know we've got stuff like it feels like mirror's edge but better um it, there's a there's some jet jet set radio in there which is ironic because we're about to talk about that soon um there's there's stuff that that feels connected to yep. neon white even if it is like a kind of a beautiful fusion of some ideas that i feel like this this is a soup that no one has quite yep. uh, concocted before um let's talk about the next game which is final fantasy 7 that's what do you want to extraordinarily uh, to <laughs> this is the it's weirdest this is the weirdest one um i think more it's so funny how i mean what we played final fantasy 7 about a year ago now um yeah, and a long time there's this funny thing with final fantasy 7 where it sticks with, like there's i feel nostalgia for final fantasy 7 now as if i played it <laughs> as if, and that doesn't make any sense right because i didn't i didn't love most of the experience of playing final fantasy yeah. 7. yeah i wasn't sitting there like actively hating it the whole time if i sat there actively hating it i just would have stopped right but like right i had a i i had a desire to play the whole game and i and i kept at it and then now i i think back on it and like there's just there's fun memories that are like a dream <laughs> that happened yeah right and i and so i'm it's like i need it you everyone needs time away from final fantasy 7 to realize <laughs> why it's their favorite game of all time and in the immediate aftermath of final fantasy 7 i don't think final fantasy 7 is like all it's cracked up to be but it's like the longer you sit away from it the more it's like no i, I mean it's kind of the best game of all time if you think about it you know what it was is that on some level it spoke to you yeah you didn't, didn't recognize at that at the time yeah. yeah yeah um it's that music that music got in there yeah. that music gets through the brain and directly to the soul sure and then you just have that forever right and anytime you hear one of those songs from final fantasy 7 you click back into yeah, it it's true and that's why it's uh, it's it's not it's so funny because final fantasy 7 is it's not the best at anything <laughs> in its class <laughs> right it, it is in no way it is it is it is history's uh best little baby boy yeah in that it's sitting there being like i was in the right place at the right time <laughs> with all the right ideas <laughs> and so therefore everyone's giving it you know the gold star the yeah. the, the the medals and and so on but it's really just in the right place at the right time but that is in and of itself like never going to be canceled out by anything yeah um right. ex except for the passage of time sure uh but even that is now questionable with the remake project so for sure. all we know the remake project will ensure final fantasy 7's special history boy unearned status <laughs> as the best one even though it clearly isn't by any metric sure and i that's that's what i always come back to with final fantasy 7 yeah uh it's the lucky one there's something ethereal about it I, so th th here's the argument i'm making then is I, I have a really strong uh 
desire to not let Neon White go above Final Fantasy VII, Ooh. which is odd. But I, I think we have to play our skip ahead game because yeah, we, we, the teens are defined by just being like, well, that's there, but then this is down there, and then that's way mm -hmm. up there. So it's like we always have to jump around, and yeah. you kind of keep sort of pulling us towards Jet Set Radio. So I think we should at least have a Jet Set Radio versus this okay. conversation because it feels okay. it feels apt to talk about the two uh, together. Um, so Hunter, why is this game so much like Jet Set Radio to you? I think it's because because it's about speed and yeah. it's stylish with interesting characters mm -hmm. and there's a lot of Sega DNA yeah. in in Neon White. Obviously there's a lot of Sega de DNA in Jesse Radio. Yeah. Uh, um, but <laughs> I actually think Neon White is better. I think Neon wow. White is a better game than Jesse Radio. Even yeah. though Jesse Radio has gotten kind of a pass on this show for having really great music and having like, you know, just a style that's so evocative and fun yeah. that that, you know, I would say that Neon White the style that it's going for is way less my cup of tea. But than it's Jet there, Radio. right? That's the whole trick there. of it. Is exactly. It is crazy stylized. And if I were into its sort of thing, it's like how I feel about that show Metalocalypse, where there are people oh, okay. that <laughs> desperately love yeah, yeah. Metalocalypse because it's referencing a whole thing that yeah. feels uniquely theirs. And it's yeah. the only thing doing that. And it's nailing every second of it. And it's also funny and approachable to other people. This game is like, it's not my cup of tea at all stylistically. But like, it's cohesive and it's strong. And like, it all that stuff is good. And, and like, the level design itself and how that feeds into the, the art of it. Like, it's crazy that the comic book side of the game and the 3D world don't feel that dissimilar. Compare that to right. Mirror's Edge, right? Mirror's Edge is like the world, and then these awful insurance commercials that like completely feel diametrically opposed to like what's happening. And so when you go to a cutscene, you feel like you're just watching a completely different thing. I don't yeah. feel that with Neon White. So it's it's amazing that the art direction is in simpatico, <laughs> even though it's like two broadly different sort of styles. Yeah, they fit. Like I, I, I think all of that stuff is worth applauding because it it really works. I like the enemy design. I like you know all the enemies are these deep black creatures against a white backdrop. Like all yeah, of that yeah. stuff is really good signposting. Your your guns that you're going for are rich bright colors, just like the mirrors. Like we all applaud Mirror's Edge for like this boring awful white void city with red doors mm -hmm. neon white took that same idea and went what if that actually made sense for the world at all like okay right. let's let, let's make it heaven everything's white then okay we have a reason yeah. to signal these things so yeah i i think the design of neon white is brilliant even if i don't like emo and anime stuff i know for a fact that when we did our mirror's edge episode there were some people that were burned by it because they reached out to me to let me know that they were yeah, burned by sure. it <laughs> And that's why I want to be so nice yeah. to Neon White, because I think what Mirror's Edge was going for was a, a beautiful soul. Yeah. And Neon White did it. Succeeds. Actually yeah. did it. Right. Instead of Mirror's Edge, which feels like to me, a, a, as far as gameplay goes, a very start and stop compromised experience that requires a lot of self-editing. Yeah. Neon White is just giving you the pure mirror's edge juice yep. like over and over and over and over yeah and there's many many levels in this game and they are all very well executed and very thoughtful yep. in a way that i did not feel like mirror's edge was doing yeah so in that way i feel like i we owe it to mirror's edge to be good yep. to neon white i agree um 
And I think I think it is better than I don't think it's better than Final Fantasy VII, but that's the nature of the game. Exactly, is that I I think it's better than Jet Set Radio. Yeah, Ocarina of Time. I don't care about Ocarina of Time that much. Yeah, I I don't dislike Ocarina of Time. I I feel like I I down talk it so much just because it's such a big game. Right. Sorry, Ocarina of Time is the next yes. game on the list that we would have to talk about. Our, our next thing is Ocarina of Time, and it's and it's a tricky one for me because like I think Ocarina of Time is over talked about like it is over regarded as one of the best games of all time which is why we like give it extra knocks on our list but i don't know like i look at ocarina of time i look at into the breach which is next i look at outrun and papers please and i find a hard case for neon white to go above really any of those okay um especially especially into the breach is an interesting conversation point because into the breach is equally replayable but sort of our thesis on into the breach or your thesis on into the breach was like it's replayable to a fault it it, it yeah. hurts you it hurts you the fact that it, it it is all consuming in in how it kind of requires that you keep playing it forever or whatever yeah into the breach and neon white are both games that encourage you to kind of sharpen the sword right to just mm -hmm. get get better at this game yeah but neon white let me go it told <laughs> me to leave yeah once I was done with it. Yeah. And I but respect that a lot. My argument for Into the Breach is like the system is so perfectly executing a thing. And like I, Neon White is great, but I do not think that it is sort of like I think other 3D platformers will be able to carry its torch even further. Mm. And Into the Breach seems incredibly hard to top as a tactics game in the feel and the ability to just pick it up and like i i was playing some into the breach yesterday right I'm, i still just can like sit on my couch and pull up my daily puzzle of into the breach and just like knock you know knock one level out or whatever and i just i i think the actual raw gameplay design of into the breach is like the work of genius and I don't know that I feel that way about Neon White. I I, I understand. I'm, I, and I'm okay with Neon White uh, maybe going underneath Ocarina, I think is okay. Uh, or even in between Ocarina and Into the Breach. But uh -huh. I just want to say, uh, I've been reflecting on Into the Breach since we talked about it. Yeah. And I think its problem is one of character mm. and and kind of soul. It is it is, it is is perfect. Um, it, is, it is a wonderful work of UI. Yeah. But it doesn't have... The like I, I actually don't think it is the best tactics game. Or I maybe I shouldn't say best. Maybe I should say I don't think it's my per personal favorite yeah. tactics game, because it doesn't give me that that connection mm -hmm. to the to the pieces. Yeah, I like that kind of either Japanese esque like here are your weirdo your weird freaks. Yeah, uh, you gotta love your weird freaks. Uh, or the kind of XCOM like here are your buddies. Right get invested in their little personalities of which they basically have none actually i just like kind of project on them right away and start naming them sure. after the people that i love uh, and <laughs> but then you can technically die. do that into the breach but you don't feel it like it's it's not and you there. just don't feel it yeah. it's just not there when 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 one of my mechs dies i don't really yeah. like mourn the loss right. so much well and even compare that to subset games as other entry like ftl i feel that connection i love yeah. my little kids on my ship my yeah. my little bug and my little energy person like 
I need them to survive this journey. I need this story to be told. And you definitely don't get yeah. that from Into the Breach. I, I agree. I, that, that, that's a that's a that's an acceptable drawback. Um, there's nothing story-wise keeping me engaged with Into the Breach. It's a weird conversation to have here, though, because there's nothing engaging me with Neon White. I'm just recognizing that it probably engages somebody. And I've never met somebody that engages with the story of Into the Breach. Yeah. I mean... I feel like it's it's not quite. I, I think I think all all I'm trying to do is use this opportunity to sort of talk about. For sure. I feel like I did not talk enough about the shortcomings that I find Into the Breach having. Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that. Like for me, I put Neon White above Into the Breach on my personal list. Okay. Now, how much above did I put it? Only like four spots. Yeah. So like to me, they're like pretty close, pretty close. as far as quality. Uh, but yeah. I just think I give the edge the neon white yeah um but i do think that on this show we definitely have done our due diligence in making sure to anger people that think ocarina of time is the best game of all time <laughs> yeah. uh and i'm okay with kind of re reversing a little bit on that yeah. and saying like well hold on a minute you know the only thing about ocarina of time is this it's a part of a franchise yeah like let's take let's take we got final fantasy 7 and ocarina of time right next to each other yep they're both like i was saying about final fantasy 7 like they're they're history's history's best boy you know we we kiss him on the cheek and we say haha you showed up at the right time and it was important that you were here but they're very different franchises right absolutely final fantasy they jettison everything yes they're like we're gonna do new art style new you know the, the genre is the same but we can change as much about it as we want Zelda is all about kind of iteration for the most part right. especially in the era after ocarina of time yep and that iteration robs the individual entries of legacy points that i feel like final fantasy kind of maintains by changing so much of the formula totally every time but it also means that you know there's there's a lot more stinkers in the final fantasy series than there is in the legend of zelda series legend of zelda very consistent you know a lot of these games are are good games yeah they're just not taking it's, risks it's yeah it's just not as exciting to me and then you you get something like breath of the wild and it takes a risk yep. and everybody decides it's the greatest game of all time right but like for now <laughs> yeah for now <laughs> I, I don't know it's just i i feel like i don't know zelda has such a privileged position yeah. i feel like in in the history of games and sometimes i wonder if it's really earned it especially considering that nintendo also makes mario games yep. and mario kind of resets the the yep. foundation a lot for mm -hmm. me like mm -hmm. comparatively i yeah. feel like when i play a zelda game i'm like ah yes this this moment i i come to so many moments where i'm like ah this moment i've been to a, a million times before and yeah. i will experience it a million times again right uh you know once or twice every decade or right. so you know i think the legend of zelda ocarina of time is a benchmark of the series because of its just timing uh, you know it's it's the first 3d zelda game so it it, mm -hmm. it was always going to have that right like it was always yeah. just gonna be an important thing and like you say the legacy of it is just like born again and again and again through all of the games that follow and so in that way it's not a risk taker at all um neon white is interesting because neon white isn't really a risk taker because this is a, a sort of indie developer like what what was there to risk these people were just making well, this thing and and it's the a different weird genre right? it's a weird genre it's, but it's what not, i'm saying it's not a genre is, people are into sure but what i'm saying is the people making it were just like the people who play this will play it you know that it, yeah. it wasn't a risk because it wasn't going like it wasn't in necessarily going to go anywhere uh mm -hmm. and the fact that it did is just like an amazing thing that happened but that does not mean it is a 
uh, it was ever a, a risk by the developers themselves. Um, so I, I'm not saying that as a negative thing. I'm saying I like, I personally, I mean, I love, I love an indie darling, you know, like I, I love that story much mm-hmm. more than like, and Nintendo made another wonderful entry in its intellectual property, the legend of Zelda. I, I think, you know, I, I 100%ed, I've 100%ed Ocarina of Time a couple times in my life. Not, not, right. act, I mean, again, we talked about this in the episode, but not like a full 100%. And I didn't do that this go around with Neon White. Uh, but again, that's be, uh, my relationship with this show and what it allows me to do with games is always so very strange. Um, I absolutely would have gone for more aces, probably not all of them. I think there would have been some challenges in this game that were a bit too much for me to, to take on. You wouldn't um, have pushed yourself to an extreme. Yeah. Ace, or at the very least, I mean, at one point you said you were trying to not just ace every level, but uh, composer of our theme song, Corey, uh, Night Corey, yeah. is on our friends list. And we got to see uh, their scores on all of these levels. And oh, you yeah. made it your personal goal to beat Corey <laughs> in every level. But, so I couldn't beat Corey. Yeah. Um, Corey was like my North Star, though. I see. I w- it was like something to shoot for. And um, Corey only played to a certain point in the uh. game. And then wasn't playing after, like, and I would, so I got to a point with this game where when I would finish a level, I was the only one on the leaderboard because none of my friends had had played further into the game. And that felt lonely. I tell you what, my my side of that uh, story is, I would argue uh, worse. I would rather have been lonely and switching into a personal goal. I have a friend on my Steam list who is an old friend from a community I was a part of a long time ago called Fire Team Charlie. Uh, it was it was sort of a uh, antithesis to Red versus Blue. It was another Halo machinima series by these crazy Canadian people, and yeah, I just yeah. loved it a lot. And I engaged with the community. And there was a guy. Shout out to Sniping Goldie. They're not listening to this episode. They're not listening to this show unless I like somehow message them and say we talked about them. Sniping Goldie's a freak, is what I learned uh, during the playing of Neon White, though, because. Sniping goalie had some high scores. And let me tell you, Hunter, very often they were, snipe, they were like half as long as any of your scores. Like imagine wow. how hard you pushed. And then imagine what if you did it eight seconds shorter <laughs> than that? Jesus Christ. So I had this, uh, my North Star was like, oh, well, that's impossible. I'm never, yeah. I will never, ever achieve that. So who even cares? Gold's good enough for me, baby. Yeah, <laughs> like that, right. it was very easy for me to lean into gold's good enough. Because it was permission to let go. Yeah. Which I kind of like. <laughs> Anyways, where are we ranking this? Yeah. Are we going to put it all, number 18? All, all of this is, I, I am happy to uh, dig another soft knife in Ocarina of Time's back. I think we talked highly enough of Ocarina of Time today, but I don't really want to put it above Into the Breach, but I really don't care about it going above Ocarina of Time, and and, and I'm perfectly happy to let that happen. Let's put it above Ocarina of Time. Not not in interest of being mean to Zelda, but in being nice exactly. to Mirror's Edge. That's how and I feel And then also, I don't really want Neon White and Jet Set Radio sitting right next to each other, yes. because then we'll kind of lump those two in together. Right. A little too much in the discussions but yeah neon white will be our new 17th best game of all time pushing out ocarina of time down to number 18 yep um uh you know send us send us your hate yep it knocks bongayo out of the top 20 that's sad to see uh uh, that may need to be fixed in in an eventual re-ranking uh i i like the idea of bongayo being in a top 20 situation and i'm sad to see it get knocked out so i don't know 
Agayo is my number 12. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't yeah. have a list like you do, but it's not... It, uh, Bongayo is not... If we were averaging our scores, it wouldn't make any sense for Bongayo to be 20. <laughs> or 21, I mean. So, yeah, I, I don't know. All right, well, that's going to do it for Neon White. I think it was a great game. I yeah. don't know the next time I'll pick it back up, even though uh, I liked it and would love to do more acing of levels. Um, but it's, it's one of those ones that... I, what I wonder the most about it is how i will think of it a year from now you know what i mean like i, I like yeah. it going right here on the list i wonder if when we do a re-ranking eventually we'll be like it's not that fond in my memory or whatever or if it'll be one that really sticks uh, i could see it going both ways i think it's gonna be the kind of alternative to elden ring for game of the year for for some publications yeah i don't know because uh, actually the, i found out there's some there's some interesting games that i had been unaware of that yeah. had come out this year that i recently became aware of so i don't know maybe maybe some of those will have uh some chances but i think it will be one of the contenders for game mm. of the year mm -hmm. um and i want to say this as compared to you know last year's game of the year uh kind of de facto for a lot or at least game of the year alternative um was inscription right um which is a game i know a lot of people that listen to the show like i liked neon white a lot more Absolutely. than i liked inscription Ditto. because inscription at times felt like the experience was a little not catered yeah you know what i mean like it right. felt a little loose at times there were acts of neon or of a uh, inscription where i was sort of going a, a short of sort of rubbing my head and being like uh do i really want to do this again right. you really want to have me do this again right. and then it sort of tried to say well there's a there's a nebulous interesting story here yep and that only went so far for me so it's weird like neon white is like mechanically i would say much better than inscription and then has a story that is like kind of kind of cringy yes but like maybe it was a little more straightforward in a way that i found redeemed it a little bit i don't yes. know yeah i i think so there's a couple things that you and i are not playing with any sort of immediacy that i think would be a bunch of my top uh you know my, my top games for the year so i'm really looking forward into like very much hoping to play uh some of these other other games from this year pentiment is a big example oh, yeah, of that pentiment. i really yeah. want to play pentiment and then the other one is uh, a game everyone is comparing to return of the Oberdin, which is a game i haven't even played but i know i'm going to love so not only mm -hmm. do i want to play return of the Oberdin, but the case of the golden idol is a game I like feel like is required for me to check out. Um, but I don't know if those are going to be like on next season's off topic list or not. P probably not. But um, I just th there's that's the one aspect of the show where we spend so much time playing older games that a game of the year sort of thing is something yeah, nah. I don't even get to engage with, which is why I think we're going to have a, our very weird, uh, stupid version of that uh, for this year's sort of holiday episode. So keep an eye out for the upcoming. I mean, it's what by the time the re this episode releases, we're getting very close to the end of the year. And I think we're going to do something quite stupid for our own sort of game awards, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, we'll do our own VGAs that you can tune into uh, live on a stage. And we've got Jeff Keeley, and he's uh, it's just so many advertisements. I'm just let's just advertise anything we possibly oh, can. Yeah. I, I would yeah. love an excuse for just ads, baby. A new trailer will drop for Old Gamers Almanac season two. <laughs> Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac.